0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: All right, everybody. Mike Heck here from MMAfighting.com. And every once in a while, I think to myself, you know, it's going to be a busy couple of days. I'm going to get some, Decent sleep tonight, finish my shift, brush my teeth, wash my face, go to sleep around 1045 Eastern time. And I slept like a baby. So a little update on that. But I wake up and my phone had gone absolutely crazy with a flurry of news. The lightweight division has taken a massive step with the official, official retirement of Khabib Nurmagomedov. UFC president Dana White essentially waved the white flag on trying to convince Habib to get that elusive 30-0. and So after all the... Quote-unquote decisions, meetings, dinners, updates, etc. Nothing changed since UFC 254 in October when Habib submitted Justin Gaethje in the main event to retain his title. But let me just say, I understand why Dana White was trying to get Habib back in the fold. He's obviously become one of the biggest stars in the sport. The appreciation for Habib's ability, his incredible talent has risen to massive heights over the last couple of years, and rightfully so. But just hearing what Habib had to say after the win against Justin Gaethje in October, making a promise to his mom that he was done after the passing of his father, who he was really close to, it just seemed like his decision was made back then. But, you know, he wanted to give Dana the opportunity to say his piece, and and that's it. Habib's a company guy. He's a professional. And he now retires as the lightweight champion of the world, undefeated. And now the title is... I wouldn't say officially vacated, but we will have a new champion crowned hopefully on May 15th in the main event of UFC 262 when Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira will battle it out. So we got a lot of news concerning the UFC's lightweight division. We got a lot of news concerning the UFC's bantamweight division. More on that a little bit later on, but right now to discuss a soon-to-be new era in the most interesting division in the UFC right now, the lightweight division, let us welcome in my good friend, the Prince of Positivity, Alex Kaylee. How are you, my friend?
0: News. News. <laughs> <laughs> News is happening, Mike. <laughs> what? Where did, all, where did all this come from? If anyone, if anyone on the East Coast went to bed at a reasonable time on Thursday night, they missed everything. They all this. Everything you just mentioned did not find out until this morning. I, I was up. I'm, so I mean I, I saw it, but I'm trying to imagine how people just woke up and were like, what? Like what? How, what's going on, Garbrandt? What Dillashaw? What's, what the, what Khabib? Fi, fi, wait, wasn't he already retired? What's going on? Amazing, just just an amazing, amazing uh, late Thursday evening news dump, uh, and I'm very excited to talk about it and sort of sort through it.
1: All right, well, let us start with Habib Nurmagomedov, aka Dana White, made it official last night. He spoke with Habib. Habib sticking to his guns. He's not coming back, and the division will move forward without him as a fighter. Of course, his presence will be felt as a coach and a cornerman, but. On a scale of 1 to 10, AK, how surprised were you by this news and Dana basically saying, I tried, but it's just not happening?
0: I'll go like a, a 1 or a 2. I, I'm i <laughs> I'm with most people. No, I, I look, I'm with most people who said – and look, as we were putting together uh, – or I should say our team, I, I wrote maybe one thing. But our amazing team was putting together some of the stories last night. It was kind of weird how to phrase it. It's like – it's it's not an announcement of retirement. We had the announcement of the retirement months ago in October. It's so, so it's sort of a confirmation, or at least, or a Dana White announcement. Dana White announces I am no longer pursuing a comeback for someone else, which is a, which is an insane statement. I mean, it, grammatically, it's a nightmare, but it, that is what happened, isn't it? I mean, that kind of is what happened in our sport, given given all the news. Anyone who's kept up with the drama, it has been like every week some update of Dana White going. I'm not done yet. Or, or, or saying I'm giving up. And then literally like two days later in another interview saying, I know I said I was giving up, but I got a text from Habib the other day that made me think, ah, maybe I shouldn't give up. Uh, and then Habib himself, you know, put out that, uh, something on Twitter saying like, Oh, I'm meeting up with Lorenzo Fertitta and send lo- his classic send location quote. And people got all excited again, but I, I don't think he was ever meant to tease that he was actually going to fight again. You know, it was just, using in Vegas and Meeting up with his business partners, and and like I guess, and probably wanting to make it very, very clear uh, that it's over. I I would really like to know what it is that Habib said this time uh, that made Dana say, "Oh, okay, now you're." Because Dana has said in interviews, he's never really told me flat out that he's done. But so many of the public statements aren't. Weren't they saying Habib was done? So I, maybe he had to say it to Dana's face. I don't know. That's the only confusing part for me. But no, not particularly surprising. But very low on the scale, a two at most. Yeah, I know Dana's thing was,
1: well, he never said, like, stop asking me about it. And that was, like, kind of the point of contention with Dana, like, wanting to pursue this. But I'm curious, like, with all this coming out, like, do you think, honestly, anything would have enticed him to come back for one more? Like, I know Tony Ferguson fighting Charles Oliveira, like, had he won that fight, people were thinking, hmm, the one that got away, maybe there's a chance. And then there's Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, too. Like, Maybe if Connor won, massive, massive fight. I'd say doubtful, but maybe for the kind of money that one would have made, possibly. Maybe Charles Oliveira. I mean, it seemed like that one was steak, but it didn't really have the sizzle on it. Like, the competitor in Habib liked that fight, but all things considered, didn't really check all the boxes. And then there was the looming George St. Pierre possibility, which in my eyes, it didn't seem like anything was ever going to come from that idea from either side. So... I mean, do you honestly think anything could have convinced Habib AK to shoot for the big three it O? W-
0: it would have been GSP. It would have been both guys having to get paid uh, eight figures show show money at at least plus whatever you know pay per view bonuses, whatever other incentives they could throw in there. So it'd be a huge payday. It'd have to be a huge, huge payday for both guys. It probably would have had to been. Uh, at, l- at least like 18 months ago. Uh, it, it, even I think, it, even I think, if it had realistically been floated this year, I don't think GSP would have gone for it. I think he might be. I think this year is kind of like you know he's done a lot of interviews and, and it's just like I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty much done. But 18 months ago, two years ago, that was probably your window. Now I, I now I, I can't I can't imagine that that was even realistic. But that that's what would have been it. A, eight figure deal for both guys, uh, a lot of money and and a, and a legacy fight uh, probably either at again. Probably a 170, do a catch catchweight. I know Dana White hates those, but that would have been a big money thing. But I, again, UFC and the Dana White, I don't think they were ever realistically entertaining that. I think the cost was just too high, and 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 there was a fair point. Or if it was done at lightweight, what do you do if GSP wins the belt and retires again, and you know leaves the lightweight? So there were reasons not to make it happen, but that but that would have been the one to do it. Uh, I am of the theory though, Mike, that he will fight again someday. I just think right now he's he's 32. I just think right now there is not the there's no reason for him to stick around and just take fights that don't interest him. So I think there's plenty of time for him to come back. I w- and, and I, I, if I had to bet, I say Habib Nurmagomedov will fight again someday, but it won't be for at least like two years. And the UFC and the lightweight landscape will look very, very, very different by then.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. So with this, Habib will move on. He will eventually no longer be the champion. I'm not really sure how that works right now, but normally in these situations, it's like once the first punch is thrown in the Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira fight, then the title will be vacant, and whoever wins that fight at UFC 262 will become the new champion. So kind of talking about this new mate of NAK, it seemed like with the pieces that we've seen put in place, this was a three-man race. This was Oliveira, this is Michael Chandler this is Justin Gaethje, especially with Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor seemingly tied up for their trilogy fight whenever that happens, possibly this summer. What are your thoughts on this piece of business, the UFC going with Chandler versus Oliveira to crown a new champion?
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I would have had, you know, for for me, I think Poirier should have been in any any match, but he has made it clear that he wants that McGregor trilogy, which as we know, could end up being more lucrative than a vacant lightweight title fight. So no one, no one to blame here. For if there's any Poirier fans there who are like, oh, why didn't, why didn't, you know, how, they screwed him? And it's like, nah, nah. He want, he wanted this. I think I'm sure he's told the UFC, he's told McGregor's team, let's work this out. They want to fight in the summer. It might be a little bit later than that, but that is what they want, and and, and for perfectly good reason. And Charles Oliveira and Chandler. This is the next logical matchup. I, I think the UFC, the matchmakers, the, the managers, everyone involved here, I think they did a great job. I know, I know we have a tendency to nitpick these things. Um, and again, I could easily, again, complain, oh, why not Poirier versus Oliveira, what have you? But this is what seems to be what everybody wanted. And Chandler, he's like one, maybe the biggest winner in all this because, yes, it's great for Oliveira that he got this title shot after you know probably deserving it for a while. But for Chandler to just come from Bellator... And and to get that one win and cut a big promo and take advantage of all the pu- the the push that the UFC has given him. Uh, he did an amazing job, and the fact that he could be he could be the UFC lightweight champion come May fifteenth, the evening of May fifteenth, it sounds crazy. It sounds a little crazy if you mentioned this like a year ago. But I think I'm sure if you ask Michael Chandler, he he would tell you this is this is fate. Fate accompli. He uh, he knew that this day would come, and he's getting a shot. It's great. So
1: what do we do with Justin Gaethje then? Because reports are surfacing mm-hmm. that the UFC was working on Gaethje versus Chandler. The UFC obviously called an audible and Gaethje is kind of the odd man out of this equation. What do we do with him right now? Because this is, seems to be the big question right now.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, again, I know if you're Gaethje, you know, you've had this career where you pretty much fight, who, you know, you fight whoever, whenever. But, you know, again, him and his team have kind of realized his value, kind of as how big of a star he's become. So they could they could stand to be a little picky. I'm looking at some of the names here. I just hit up the rankings right now. Uh, RDA. What's up with RDA? Nothing Nothing. official yet? Nothing official yet, right? I like that. I I, I think, uh, I guess Makachev is the one that they think that that could happen there. Uh, And I had no problem with that matchup either. So I don't know, maybe Gaethje gets left out again. But I've been campaigning for an RDA uh, G fight for a while. So that I would like to see otherwise yeah he kind of has to wait i'm just looking at something ally quinta is always waiting in the wings i know that's a matchup a lot of people would like to see i still feel like he has a name uh, i still feel like when he comes back it would be a big deal so i think that's an option for KG as well but other than that it is it is funny that um for a lot of people who are saying he could have he could have been one of the names competing for a vacant title now he finds himself uh, not only waiting but maybe having to win to stay in that conversation so uh yeah i, I i'm very surprised at that but Look, he is coming off a loss if we're being realistic. And uh, while no one would have a problem with him fighting for the title, I think there's good matchups out there. Like I said, I think RDA, I think uh, Ally Quinta, I think either of those would be really fun. Winnable fights for him and stuff that, that would keep him, that make him the number one contender with a victory. Well, we wish
1: Habib the best. He's obviously still going to be around, like we said, cornering fighters. Maybe he can help mold the aforementioned Islam Makachev into a future lightweight champion in his own right. But May 15th, we will hopefully have a new lightweight title holder and we can go from there. All right, now we also got big news in the 135-pound division. We're still waiting for the rematch between Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling to be booked. From what I've been told, the UFC was hoping to run that one back on May 15th on this same card with Oliveira and Chandler. It still could happen, but it all depends on when Aljamain Sterling would be cleared from the concussion. But regardless, the rest of the division will shape up quite a bit. While we await that announcement, we found out last night that TJ Dillashaw returns to action for the first time since his USADA suspension. He will face Corey Sanhagen in the main event on May 8th. And then two weeks later, Rob Font is going to fight Cody Garbrandt in the main event on May 22nd. So we have 10 potential rounds Unbelievable action at 135 pounds. I love both of these fights, AK. Your reaction to these two headliners at 135 pounds in May?
0: Bantamweights! Ah, oh, Bantamweights, so good. It's so good. It's so good. And and and, and Mike, a lot of our, our uh, you know, we did the matchmaking show, a lot of our... Uh, sort of future like excitement for the division was was kind of the hopes that Garbrandt would stick around. Because, you know, there was a lot of talk that he was supposed to get the flyweight title shot. So, you know, why not, if, if him and his team, why not just stay in that lane, wait to see how things shake out, and, and maybe you're still the number one contender and you get that flyweight title shot anyway. But they're doing the right thing here, uh, especially for Rob Font, who has been calling for and has deserved a really, really, really big name and he's getting it in garbrandt it's an awesome fight style wise it's it's great for both guys i think garbrandt like i said even though garbrandt uh, might be passing up on a flyweight title opportunity we don't know what that situation is even if even if he is i think this is great for him because again he has to remind people uh how good he is i, I know the ufc is always pushing him i know he's active on social media i know he has a, a pretty hardcore fan base but this is a what have you done for me lately sport and if he can beat rob font who has been one of the one of the best you know bantamweights over the last year He's he again. Then you then you can't deny him. You know, a lot of people again weren't sure why he was getting a flyweight title shot. Why did he get the bantamweight rematch with TJ right away? With this win and his last appearance, then people will be like, okay, now we really, really, really want to see this guy uh, get another title shot. He deserves it. He it. He's an exciting fighter, so I love that. And a TJ shot did the right thing too, F- taking a fight before before just jumping into a title shot and fighting a guy who uh, you know probably should be getting a title shot anyway and Corey Hanhagen, but who also would love to fight TJ Dillashaw. So Mike, this is weird. You know, we usually do these reactions and we have a lot of fun bashing the UFC and their decision-making, but, uh, matchmakers did some, they did some good on Thursday, didn't they? I mean, I, I, I honestly cannot criticize, uh, these matchups. Do you
1: think this is like maybe a mini tournament? Is this a, you know, go and impress me kid kind of a thing, or, I mean, I, I look at it as Sanhag and Dillashaw, the next number one contender, Font Garbrandt on deck, maybe vice versa. Like, where, where are you looking at? I think Sandhagen Dillashaw number one contender, but if you know, if Rob Font does what he did against Marlon Moraes to Cody Garbrandt, and then Sandhagen and Dillashaw have like a five round really close decision, could Rob Font jump the queue here? Like, how do you see this all working right now with what we see on paper?
0: Yeah, if, if you're Dana White in the UFC, you're definitely favoring whoever gets a big finish, you know what I mean? Whether it be Dillashaw, whether it be Sanhagen, whether it be Font, whether it be Garbrandt, right? Um, yeah, even even given that Dillashaw and Sanhagen should be should be in the, ahead of both uh, uh, Garbrandt and Font in the rankings, a huge not like Cody Garbrandt, 35-second knockout or something, a Rob Font, 35-second knockout, that'll, that'll leapfrog him over. That'll leapfrog him over. The good news is I still don't think whoever wins – has to fight again. I mean, I mean, you know, we know with all the delays that can happen with these title fights, they don't, you know, they won't want to stay on the shelf for too long, but fingers crossed at my most optimistic, if everyone's healthy again, they're both fighting in May. Whoever, you know, either the winners of both fights, who one of them gets the shot. The other one maybe has to wait six months to fight again, but should get a title title fight immediately. Uh, Whether they want, whether they want to wait that long, who knows again. And, and, and whether they have to wait longer if there's injuries, delays, withdrawals, uh, surprise ultimate fighter, Ah, uh, coaching positions offered, then they'll probably fight again. But otherwise, I, I feel like almost, this is uh, number one contender about one a and number one contender about one b. So uh, hopefully both who the winners of both fights just get their shot. and and uh, don't have to wait too long.
1: Can you think of a more exciting three or more, three or so month stretch covering the sport AK? Like we have at least seven title fights coming up between now and June twelfth. We're going to move forward a bit at 155. We got some questions to be answered at 135 that hopefully will be answered. PFL is coming back. Bellator is coming back. This is unbelievable, AK. Like this is a stretch that we need to cherish, right? But we need to kind of like bubble wrap it while we're at it, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think one day, I think if we do our recap of like the biggest story, like I, I was just the other day, I was thinking of like, man, when we do the you know recap biggest stories of 2021, it's already going to be lo- like you could you could just take these first four months and do a whole article on that. Like it's already loaded. Um, but look, Mike, you didn't even mention Fight Circus coming back in April, uh, <laughs> calf Kick Mania, Illegal Knee Mania that we see the Illegal Knee controversies that we've had uh Hans Molenkamp becoming a, a guy now uh, Frank mir the thriller uh, pro boxing you know it's been asking pro boxing like you you are right i think uh you know I, i'd have my memory i'm in the memory of a goldfish so i i couldn't like pick some random four month block of the last like 20 years and be like oh no well, this four month block had way more news i'm sure there was something with mcgregor i'm sure if we find some mcgregor uh news cycle thing we we can find it but but outside of that i mean no this is this is easily like the most packed thing again just judging by last night you know we kind of we kind of started by mentioning all the stuff that happened last night all of that was kind of the culmination of, of storylines that have been bubbling uh for months for like these 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 last few months uh, first few months of 2021 as you mentioned and then just suddenly boom all all kind of being resolved at once resolved slash taken you know to the next step of of their of their uh their, their, their storyline of their narrative so yeah it's wild I have no I can't imagine that the rest of uh, the uh, 2021 will be, will be as eventful. But I feel like we said stuff about that in 2020 as well. And we all remember what, a, what an S show that was, not just in the UFC, but in general. <laughs> I didn't even think about April 17th and
1: all that craziness, the middleweight division. I mean, just, there's just so much happening right now. Like if you are a fan of the sport, get excited. Now, will all of these things happen? I don't know. Hopefully they do. Knock on some wood. But if everything goes down according to plan right now, This is absolutely insane scheduling. I can't wait for it. But uh, clearly when they say don't blink in MMA, it doesn't just mean in the cage. It means out of it as well on the MMA beat, quote unquote, so much going on. But a crazy night of news recapped for your viewing and listening uh, (sighs) pleasure as we get ready for UFC Vegas 22 tomorrow night, where of course we'll have a preview show. We'll have a pre-fight show 30 minutes before the event and our post-fight show after Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland do their thing at 185 pounds. With that said, for Alex Cayley, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching and we'll see you later on, my friends.